You guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Adam Atkinson. We are in episode three of our third series on PEDs. This time we're going to tackle growth hormone. And I remember, gosh, probably all the way 20, 25 years ago, working with some clients, Adam, who were you know men in their 50s, 60s. This really came online as, as probably the first defense against anti-aging. And so as people, as, as men in particular, we're looking at, you know, probably as almost a precursor to the, the standard TRT that we're seeing now, you know, this was kind of the in vogue thing. And of course, I think probably about that time, it was really getting its strongest foothold in the bodybuilding world uh, as people were kind of maxing out what they could do with anabolics. This, this became a natural second level thing to start using. But I do remember there being a lot of problems. So let's go through all of the good and the bad. Yeah, the the great thing about growth hormone with these people who have already maxed out anabolics, they they probably max out because of some kind of side effect, whether it be gynecomastia when they push the androgens up too high. But you can actually pair HGH. And it's actually not an androgen. It's a growth hormone so essentially what you're what you're doing is you're creating systemic growth through the body which is you know great for muscle growth you're going to repair quicker recover faster and uh, you can actually enhance uh, IGF-1 levels as well you can actually create binding affinity with insulin with it which we'll talk about later but it is a fascinating drug. It's an expensive drug. I think people get underwhelmed when they use growth because it's expensive, but the where it really shines is you can use it all year round. You don't have to cycle off of it like other drugs. And for women, there's no risk of virilization at all. It's just going to be that growth factor. So really, really well favored for women, just because it's the only steroid or, you know, growth hormone that they can take to enhance their body without the risk of losing being feminine. Mm -hmm. And when you say it, it systemically promotes growth, that means that your skeleton grows, your organs grow, there are some issues like that. And I, I've seen some side effects, where <clears throat> because of just gene expression, things are not linear. And so some severe bone deformities and some, some organ hypertrophy that was catastrophic. <laughs> and that's in higher dosages, I should say as well. So, and you're going to see that with the men a lot. So women in general usually start with like two IUs a day, men with four. And uh, then from there, I, I've heard of guys using 30 it's and it's expensive you're looking at a lot of money it's you know everyone talks about growth hormone uh like quality like pharma grades always the best and it, as long as you get a real product it's always going to be great but a lot of people try to chase these pharma grade products down and honestly, most of the time, those are ones that are fake the most. So mm -hmm. it's easy to fake a Lily or a, uh, you know, Pfizer or anything like that. It's easy to copy the box online and make something look like that. But, you know, generics, there's, it could be anything. But if you find a good generic, it should be just as good as a, as a pharma grade pen. And 
it just really comes down to your sourcing, really doing your research. And that's why it's so sought after is getting a growth hormone connect or somebody that has legitimate growth hormone is harder to do. And that's harder for some people to take the risk because it's so expensive. I'm not sure if you could answer this, but if, if we were sitting down talking to an anti-aging physician who had a clinic, had every single compound at his disposal, and he was going through, even with, with an enhanced physique sport athlete who knew, like he knew this is what this client's goals were, uh, would that doctor say, you know, this has to be part of your regimen? Like who, who decides to and who decides not to take growth hormone in conjunction with other anabolics like testosterone, D-ball, et cetera? I think it's more powerful when you, for women, just because it doesn't, it's powerful for men too, but it's definitely a great go-to. The only bad thing is you're jumping right into injecting right away, which scares people. But I think it's a win-win when you don't have to worry about changing the facial structure or the voice of somebody. That's very comforting. There's, you know, as a coach, there's, I'm not having them record their voice every week if they're doing that or every other week. And, you know, I just guaranteed I don't have to really look at their face really closely in photos. They can go back to putting emojis over their face again in the morning. Yeah, it really, you can be a little bit cautious less with it, I would say. I hate to say that, but it's just... It's a lot more relaxing for me if I just have a female that's using growth versus other anabolics. But I also do my back end work to keep my women feminine, too. I'm not just going to let them take whatever and say everything's going to be OK. Uh, another one I'm going to have to do some independent research on because I, I was probably a little bit more scared of this <clears throat> than even anabolics. <clears throat> Excuse me, just because of some of those stories of the, the organ enlargement and, and some things like that. But um you're saying that's just in the extreme dosing in the extreme dosing and then pairing with high levels of insulin too. My dog says hi, which I think we're going to talk about in the next episode. So you guys stay tuned to contest prep university and we will talk about insulin next. See you next time.